Hey, 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 hockey fans. We are back for another episode of the Founding Four Podcast. I am here with my co-host now, Angelica Rodriguez. This is the revamped Founding Four Podcast. And we, the two of us, are two Latinas with spicy hockey takes. And the hits just keep coming. Angelica, we had a lot of news. There is a lot happening in the hockey world, in the MNHL, as well as the PHF. The PWHPA, I'm sure there's big things coming. We'll talk about that. Um, but first, let's recap. So it's been, um, it's been, this is the second week now since our, since your debut in particular. So I want to get your thoughts. How was it? The maiden voyage on the founding four. Well, um, I feel like I'm a, I really need to calm down a little bit. I, that much. Uh, I feel like I'm making Um, But uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, I think it went well. Um, I uh, got a nice message from a friend of the podcast. Yeah, and now it's saying that we killed it. So. Uh, shout out to DJ, who also has her own podcast she's coming out with alongside Zoe Hicks, uh, more than 5%. I think that that's amazing. I'm so excited to see what they do. Uh, so check that out uh, once it hits the airway. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I have fun. You already know. I can talk to you. I have fun. I'm love talk. You gotta so. <laughs> <laughs> I love it uh, aloud. Never, never that, never that. You, we make the space. We take the space. That's why the Black Rosie Media logo has Black Rosie holding the microphone. That's right. That's what we do here. So the founding four. Yes, excellent. The the Black Women's Sports Hall of Fame pin. Those look. Listen, listen. You are one of very few people to have those. Uh, but if you are a member of the Patreon posse. You should be later this week, early next week, getting a link so you can get not only first access to buying those pins, but a little special discount. But yes, more on that pin. But we, we swagified you up now that you're a co-host. You got a Black Rosie pin. She's holding the microphone. That was created by a dope company, Black woman-owned company called Coloring Pins. Can't wait to share more details about that with everyone. Uh, but also, there was some other swag in there. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. So we got some, <laughs> some stickers. Um, Let's we've go. Got, we've got the regular press. We have holographic, which I'm going to hold these because I am obsessed with the holographic. <laughs> um, and then we, again, have some more, a uh, little bit bigger. And then we also have, of course, Black Rosie herself. Um, I am Let's go. super, super stoked. I've already promised people that they can have them. So I'm really excited Ooh. to uh, get uh, get those out, decorate the water bottles, decorate my laptop, decorate pretty much my entire apartment. We'll see. <laughs> All of the things. Of I love it. See, I've, I've got mine right there. Skadoosh. I love it. And um, so the stickers as well, we're going to have a bundle package, and then you can also buy some of those individual. You can get those over at blackrosymedia.com. So 
listen, we, we've, we've got some money to make because we've got some spicy, hot hockey takes to give. And um, we're so excited to grow this podcast. But uh, let's start with the hockey headlines. Um, biggest headline, maybe for this particular podcast, uh, Quebec. Uh, we're getting the PHF, the Premier Hockey Federation, officially made it official that they are expanding to Montreal. And it's going to happen in season eight. It is. Um, well, I mean, it was it was about time that they announced something. Um, I think that a lot of people were kind of uh, question mark, question mark about that whole situation. We hadn't heard anything about it since you know, back in January, uh, prior to the All-Star game, that PHF is not only expanding, but salary cap and providing player benefits. So, um, not a whole lot since then. Um, there's still not a whole lot, although we were told that uh, there would be two teams joining in year eight. Uh, there is one that is, and yes, that is Montreal, originally supposed to be a Eve. Um, last season, but of course, with the Panini Press, we have not been able to get that, uh, taken care of, so, uh, year eight is what's gonna happen, and, uh, I'm excited, I, I really am excited to see, um, you know, what happens there, but, uh, I also feel like that's why you should promise more than five, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think um, Commissioner Reagan Carey has been pretty open with that exact point um, since coming on board and, um, you know, has spoken to the notion that Montreal has been on the docket for some time. And, um, you know, whether it was a stall tactic or not, I think it's fair to say, like, hey, new commissioner, maybe I want to take a look at all these plans for myself before we officially announce things. Obviously, also, when there's a change of leadership, perhaps there was also a change of leadership. I don't know this for sure. And it wasn't, I was on the call. Uh, everyone was like, oh my gosh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. I was like, okay, I'm in Vegas, and that means it's 7 o'clock in the morning for me. So, like, everyone has to sacrifice. I mean, that's, that's a... a, a it was, I mean, I mean, I completely understand where we're coming from at 7 a.m. <laughs> but uh, it was mid shift. I have a day job. A lot of our, you know, PHF reporters and comrades have day jobs. And uh, I was just going to be there. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. There's always going to be someone that's missing out, especially, I think, you know, and it was alluded to on the call. Had they waited even a day or so, or, you know, there's other, there's actually other sports that happen in the world. So you're never going to get everyone. Um, so, I mean, either way, it's one of those things. And I think it goes back to on our last podcast, we were kind of talking about it. There's going to be some changes with just uh, the, where the PHF is headed. Um, and again, we kind of talked in passing about the PWHPA, but I think once they do start outlining their plans, we're going to have to expect, and really, honestly, the leagues or organizations themselves should expect things to be different. Now, when that comes to transparency and at least making things accessible, what I will say about accessibility is like, 
I don't even halfway speak English. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's questionable whether I can uh, accurately speak English. But um, jokes aside, there were some um, media members who asked questions in French. And what didn't happen is that those questions then weren't kind of translated into English and then vice versa for that matter. Um, so I just wonder what that's going to look like moving forward when it comes to accessibility. And we've talked about uh, individually and independently of this podcast and certainly off the record, so to speak, and more casually with each other that accessibility looks, sounds, feels uh, a lot of different ways. So I'm very curious to see what that's going to be like moving forward. But I think overall, it's it's good that it's finally announced. I asked questions regarding, are there going to be any special accommodations that are made for players who might need to relocate? It sounded like that is something that, generally speaking, the PHF is amenable to when it comes to all of their players. But the answer that I got was very much so. So Kevin Raphael, the president of the to-be-named PHF franchise and Commissioner Kerry, as I mentioned, were on the call with us. And, um, you know, it seemed like they were expecting for a lot of the talent to be local. Another question, though, that I had is because um, the, the plan is to for that team to kind of be a little bit of a barnstorming team in that they will have a home center for practice, but they will play their games throughout the province and throughout the area. So I think that's really interesting that the take was that that's to build community relations. I think there's value. Obviously, the PWHPA is doing that model. We've also seen teams like the Riveters play other places. So it's not completely unusual. I do wonder, um, though, if the timing of everything being finalized has something to do with that. Um, it wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibility, but also it could just be that they wanted to something different so I guess we'll kind of see um so I think um you know I don't know that could go one way or another I don't know how big Quebec is so I don't know what the reach is like if you were to do something and be like we're the team of New York and we're going to travel all through New York I mean that could be multiple hours of travel so I don't really know I think it's bigger than it is Taller than it is wide. Um, so we'll, um, I just think it's funny. I didn't mean to laugh at that but I, I feel like if there's that I know about the DHS, that um, they operate on the level of chaos. So, um, I think that this has more to do with, more to do with the desire, but that's just me. Um, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I think that, um, just having the uh, but you know, uh, either way, it should be interesting. Um, you know, it may be for you know how the players travel, you know, kind of working second job, day jobs, just like live PDR. So, um. I really look at that, um, you know, I'm just 
Yeah, and I mean, that's another thing that we, we have to get the schedule out. We're expecting that. Uh, we still need uh, broadcast details as someone who is on the broadcast and has been for, um, where are we going into season eight? So seven seasons. Whoa. Also, I did some quick math. Uh, apparently, I am the longest tenured broadcaster, which I think is like the wildest thing, but also like, let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So I'm at, I'm at, let's go. I'm at roughly, give or take, 75 games. So I don't know. I don't know if a, a hundo is possible, but we'll see. I mean, who, who's to say? Why not? I have all the faith in my co hope that she's going to be Let's go. Let's go. Let's put it out there. Let's get a hundo. Let's get a hundo. So we'll see. <laughs> Manifest. Uh, I'm not wearing that shirt. I was wearing it earlier. Manifest. Win. Repeat. Let's go. Um, but yes. Yeah, so um, so we'll see. Okay. So we definitely have more hockey news. But I want to let everyone know now. If you want to hear and or see the full uh, press conference, then head over to our Patreon page. We're gonna have that in full, and then over on our YouTube page, we'll have a condensed version. Just a little snippets that's all under of course black rosy media uh which of course the founding for is the flagship podcast of black rosy media we're excited we're excited for that okay so we definitely have there's still a few more questions than answers regarding montreal and uh we'll get there but also some other news now we call this sisters do it for themselves that's such a 80s song but uh, some of y'all don't know nothing about that, but that's okay. Um, anyway, so we... Copyright strike us. Do not do that. We can't afford that. We can't afford it. No. We're broke. We're brokeity broke. So that's why you got to go buy stuff and subscribe and tell all your friends to them, uh, about our spicy hot takes. But um, so development camp started. Free agency for the MNHL started today, which of course means... Um, that we have the on-ice coaches. And we're starting to see an uptick in more women being invited to participate. And one of those women is Jessica Campbell. She's so fancy. She's so fancy that she got an invitation to go uh, coach the development camp for the New York Rangers. And then the Seattle Kraken were like, no, 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 no. See, what we going to do is she going to come to our camp but she going to come to our camp as the assistant coach for our brand new AHL team, the Coachella Valley Firebirds. So Jessica Campbell, uh, check out Locked on Kraken because I'll have an interview with her. But um, she was able to be one of a handful of women that are on the ice this week at MNHL development camps. Um, and I think that's pretty dope. But also... Um, I want to see more melanated coaches involved. <laughs> that part, that part, because I feel like as much as it's been a long time to make women of any skin color, I would very much see um, a little more representation. Like I've seen um, plenty of, uh, not plenty, but we've seen a fair few players, a fair few coaches, who are not white, and I feel like we 
them. Um, what I will say is I had no idea the NHL had a coaching mentorship. That, that's just a bunch of true. Um, so I looked a little bit into that. It's free program and two webinars uh, from the season. Um, I have no idea when they're starting uh, the one next season, but you know, definitely looking into. I like the fact that like the fact um, you know, anybody get and apparently just a sample has connection to that. So, um, you know, I think that that's huge. I think that's a step in the right direction. Um, but again, I mean, with, as with everything that involves any kind of project placement, uh, <laughs> there's a long way to go yet. Um, but yeah, for Calgary Inferno, Canadian team, just a sample, good for her. Um, can't wait to she does Exactly. So obviously, as someone who hosts a Seattle Kraken-based podcast or Seattle Kraken-centric podcast, I was very focused on Jessica Campbell. But you also have former, at the time, NWHL uh, star Kelsey Colzer. She's going to be coaching with, at the Arizona Coyotes camp. You have the head coach of the Princeton women's ice hockey team. She will be going once again to the Philadelphia Flyers camp. You have Rebecca Johnston, who yes. was at the Calgary, yes, at the Calgary Flames camp. Corey Shevery. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And oh, the other Johnny Hockey, though, no longer Calgary. Last I saw, I think, uh, is it is it St. Louis? I don't, I don't know. Or no, no, no. Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets. I was gonna say, yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of a shame. But, you know, it's uh, free agency craziness. <laughs> yeah, not my team. Speaking of your team, we got uh, the Seattle Kraken got one of your boys. It's Mr. Steel, your boy. The Seattle Kraken doing it once again. Let's go. <laughs> you don't have any feels about uh, uh, <laughs> Burakovsky, yeah. Andre coming over? <laughs> I really am, but uh, I mean, I I, I was gonna just say one not about me, uh, rumored as well. Um, I really don't know what's gonna happen there. I mean, I think it's to be expected that we're gonna have this cup team leaving us. Unfortunately, um, you know, I did see, uh, yeah, I did see Bo and Byram staying trending shortly podcast, and like my heart. Um, so I was like, okay, nobody touches my baby Byron. Noted resident yeah. infant. Yeah. Got to say, resident infant. Uh, I was gonna say that cat. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Um, you know, I, so I love that there are more opportunities for women, uh, as you mentioned, through this diverse coaching internship program. Uh, it is something, it's not new. It's been around for a handful of years here, but we are starting to see more women, not just if there's two allowed that only one every year enters Hockey Hall of Fame. 
Anyway, that's not on our rundown, so we're gonna keep it moving. We're gonna keep it moving. <laughs> but um, okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But okay. So if we if we did want to learn, they're getting ready for happy hour in here. So y'all bear with me. But uh, I'm at a conference. Uh, that conference. Hashtag sports. Anyway. So um. But one thing that uh, as I continue in, to embark on my MNHL coverage, I have been looking at drafts. I mean, I cover the WNBA draft, there's an NWSL draft, and like every once in a while, <laughs> women's hockey has a draft. Uh, and I don't, I don't know what that even looks like anymore, but um, it's, changed the, the, it's changed a lot. But this got me thinking. If we start to get, whether it's the, the leagues converging or we have both leagues establishing their own systems, are there things that we can take from the MNHL draft? I don't think that we'll see it be 16, 15-year-olds being drafted, and then obviously there's no development program. So I think it will stick to what we see now, college um, or players that have finished their eligibility being drafted into the pros, much like we see in the WNBA or the NWSL, um, or though, even though that's changing a little bit, but that's a conversation for another day. But what would you like to see if we were to go back to a draft? Should we do a virtual drafts? Should it be an in-person draft? Like, what would you like to see from a WOHO draft in these streets? Uh, I would love, <laughs> I would love um, I'd love to see an impression that there's a lot that you can that make that draft have been so um so uh publicized and broadcast in and for the kind of has for what to expect um so I think that when it comes that you know um i think it just is one more step for legitimacy as as a concept um and i think there's opportunities for marketing there's opportunities for again broadcasting um there's opportunities for these players to really kind of show who they are and you know find that story i mean i just back to when i was much more of an MNHL fan and uh, going to, I've been to a couple drafts. My very first draft was in uh, 2012 at Pittsburgh. And uh, then I went to, I believe the one in Jersey at, in, yeah, in York. So I've been to a couple and um, just the, the fanfare and the, you know, the opportunity to network, the opportunity to, uh, to meet people, um, to kind of get a look at kids and, you know, even the broadcast being a, learn more about uh who these players are and you know what they look to achieve is that's a really big opportunity especially for women's hockey you know i think that's a really big opportunity for you know that kind of persona around if i learned how to unmute that would be fun uh <laughs> how many years into into video calls and you forget to unmute. Anyway, um, I agree with you, especially on the sponsorship. I, again, am here at a sporting conference and you know, there's just so many opportunities for sponsorship and to show 
the the companies that are supporting and to introduce fans and players for that matter and even teams to new companies we know anecdotally and also there are amazing places uh that like the uh like uh the fluid fan project stuff like that that are doing data and collecting data on the uptick and the rise of uh, the return on investment in women's sports and it's an untapped market and you can get in early and honestly we've heard some of the investors on dhf side start saying that that's not necessarily the reason that they uh, are saying that they're doing it but it's a selling point let's keep it real if you can if you already are going to invest in something why would you wait to pay top dollar why not get in when it's still a good deal and then be able to grow alongside it so i mean that's just good business you know that's that business 101 that angry egg-faced men on the internet are always telling me about so um anyway <laughs> but all the more reason that the planning ahead needs to happen all the more reason that and again I i'm willing to be a give a little bit of grace because of the changing of the guard uh, that was expressed uh, very evidently clear by Kevin in particular as part of the reason that he hopped on board. And so that, again, I don't know this for sure, and it wasn't asked. I didn't get to it. I uh, had a, little, a few other points I wanted to iron out. But I just get the sense that this particular leadership group for this particular Montreal franchise is definitely associated and connected with the commissioner now as opposed to perhaps what was in the works a commissioner or even two commissioners ago um but being able to be in a position in women's hockey where we are we are forecasting um thinking even what we see in the ncaa right we know where the frozen four is going to be and unfortunately i don't think the ncaa does a great job of getting together these businesses and marketing but they don't do that in any sport you know they focus on really football and basketball and everything else trickles down. But again, a, a time for another podcast, but I want to see women's hockey again in, in whatever form or fashion be forward thinking um, and lock in these partnerships and sponsorships and then use that to guide um, what the event looks like. I mean, I've been someone who has been able to do a virtual draft as far as a broadcaster and be part of that coverage and we do what we can we keep it lean we keep it nimble and i think there's nothing wrong with aspiring to grow beyond we've started to see some of even the virtual uh, and digital content be branded and so then the next step is don't just lock into the the digital marketplace ask those especially as we hopefully start to come uh, on the on the back end of as you said <laughs> the panini times um you know wouldn't it be great to lock in dick sporting goods or some of the other athleta lock in these sponsorships and let them know that the growth pattern is for them to host events well tbd of course here uh on the founding four we want all of the things always um so but you heard it here first like let's have an in-person draft and let all the sponsors come through and show what it really means to support women in hockey um okay now it's time for arguably our favorite segment and it's on a culture happenings among melanated and culturally rich hockey 
homies. And since our last podcast, Mike Greer was named general manager of the San Jose Sharks. Now, he has played for the Sharks. He's had a career in the MNHL. Mike Greer um, seems like a, a standout guy, seems very well respected from alum in the San Jose community. So, of course, it's all about the stick taps. Um, I love that there was a quote that he gave. This was about more than just, or excuse me, that the team gave. This was about more than just one single individual. It was about the opportunity for a thorough and unbiased analysis of everything in our organization and a chance to set a new path. Now, if you separate that, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's an opportunity. You forge a new path. That being said, there was a piece of me that was like, oh, why couldn't you just let this man have his moment? Um, San Jose and the entire hockey community, despite what Gary Bettman believes and says publicly, is at a reckoning. Absolutely. We talked in passing about Nazem Kadri on this podcast. We talked in a little more depth about Nazem Kadri and our love for Nazem. And we, of course, mentioned Shireen Ahmed, um, Ahmed excuse me, and her wonderful um, article on why Nazem Kadri is so important. So I feel like it's extremely at minimum and maybe being gracious here, ignorant to say that hockey doesn't have a problem, that society has a problem. Sir, 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 <laughs> let's not act like two things can be true at the same time. Like, sir, I'm going to need you to not. Um, and, and the reason that I'm bringing that up, yeah, I like, and the reason, just to close this out, the reason I'm, that I'm even bringing that up is because we know that San Jose, they're not at the top table this is a team that is very early stages of of a rebuild or even maybe at the back end of a, a few failed rebuilds so there's that element of it but then also everything that's going on with hockey and just kind of hearing that press conference and press release it was like this is an opportunity for us to right the wrongs of our our culture it's like what i don't want to see is san jose put all of their DEI hopes and dreams on the shoulders of this black man. All of y'all need to do the work. Do not put it on my career alone. And so that's my only concern. Just like I'm reading, you know, into the tea leaves and, you know, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm hoping that I'm wrong, but the auntie senses are, are coming out heightened when I read and hear some of um, that. Language. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think that, it's very concerning when you hear things like that, and you only ever hear them, you know, non-white uh, hiring. Um, it's always about the importance of it, and yes, it is important. Um, it fucking sucks that it has to be important, but it's important. Um, and it's important because hockey has just been extremely um, and hockey has um, definitely had multiple issues with not just race but ethnicity as well. Yet anytime European that isn't a sweet or a thin group. Um, you know, we see it, uh, you know, I, I don't even want to start down the rabbit hole all the bullshit that on uh during his time in the NHL. Um, you know, I think that there is a very big statement, but I also don't think that Mike should uh, I think that uh, we talk a lot about, you know, hockey being for everyone and hockey, you know, 
being at this kind of crossroads, but time and time again, I think that burden being put. Um, you know, the majority of people in this are white, and I think the majority of people need to take on that work and really look at themselves and figure out why that um, it's not one one hiring, one signing, one in a family cup does not make it does not make everything better and it doesn't make racism and I'm not about to let that kind of statement much much Yeah, and I mean, that also goes to, if this is, so now San Jose, a la, and we talked about Chicago on our last episode, you know, saying, you know, wanting to, to separate themselves from the Kyle Beach um, unfortunate situation, and also not wanting to be transparent even with the next steps that they're taking to ensure that this doesn't happen again. It's the same thing when I was, you know, I thought that that it was such a dismissive um, response to be like, hey, like a lot of stuff is happening in hockey. Um, how is the NHL going to handle this? And for Gary Bettman to say, oh, no, that's not a hockey problem. That's a societal problem. And I know that I'm getting on Gary Bettman because uh, why not? But also he's not the only NHL executive that I've heard say this. This has been a talking point for years. And you would think that if every year you have to have a conversation about things that are happening in hockey, that yes, also happen in society because, oh, I'm sorry, what do we do when we enter the ice rink? All of a sudden we're in this bubble that doesn't exist anywhere on earth or on the entire, you know, in the entire universe. That, that's not a real thing, sir, sir, sir. Act like you have an education. Yeah. Hockey is a microcosm of society. You know, hockey is part of society. Is made of people. Is it is something that is also concentrated. There are a smaller group of people. So all of the inequities and all of the um, issues with society are magnified in an arena where hockey or where any. Um, and this kind of again goes the whole idea that sports are not a political thing. It's like if sports are not a political thing, I mean. Fuck the Colin Kaepernick, who has not freaking played on an NFL team since he took a knee. Talk to, you know, John Carlos, who was raked over the coals for his, you know, black power salute, which, you know, still reverberates to this day. Still such a cultural, um, you know, phenomenon to this day. Talk to any Olympic city. Talk to any professional team that supposedly needs taxpayer dollars to um build an arena that they supposedly if it's not political and it's not social and it's not this and we talk so much about what sports aren't what the fuck are sports if there is sports aren't political sports aren't social what the hell are they and why do we fucking care so much right and you can't have it both ways it's like hockey is for everyone but not people who actually pay attention to politics and who think that the overturning of roe v wade by the supreme court is bad and who dare to say black lives matter and just not end racism 
because like let's be specific right you know like you don't just you, you know like we have to be specific we have to be aware and you can't have it both ways like we're not <laughs> slick to to your point like we are hockey loving people but if hockey is going to make me step into an arena and erase parts of my being who have literally been with me since before I exited the womb, you can keep it. Yeah, it's, it's so true. You know, it's, I don't stop being a human being just like none of us stop being human beings just because we set foot. In. And all of those things, as much as we want sports to be in a state, all of those things have not been that for anybody who is of a marginalized sports have never been they have always been political they have the personal has always and not nothing that's not a bad thing you have a platform as a professional athlete and you can stand for something and you can make a difference with what it is that you're doing do that otherwise why have a platform why you know why go into that field if you're not going to make most of what you're doing that's why me as a media member and as a fan and as somebody with a moderate twitter following you know i i say this all the time because i don't stop being a woman i don't stop here i don't stop being latina just because i'm a hot that part and i'm wearing my uh megan uh reyes special and boom protect children not guns just so you know how we get down on this here podcast we're always going to talk about those things and not just communities that we identify with or that we benefit from because you know another thing and then we'll start wrapping up because the happy hour is about to pop off i can tell it's getting loud <laughs> but another thing is that you know we we say oh the, the boys are just being boys or oh that's just locker room talk so it's not that sports don't understand and appreciate appreciate as as quite the choice there air quotes hard air quotes for those listening on audio but um you know we we are expected to appreciate um you know immaturity or or to understand that people are going to be young and make mistakes and also expect all of this humanity and dignity for people who make mistakes at the at the sake of someone else's humanity and that's not cool at the sake of someone else's safety you know um the nhl or the nhlpa i still don't believe that they have made any type of comment about the death threats that one of their players actively received during the playoffs how do you think that makes someone feel and so that's why you can't just say end racism you know every day in february and then don't actually do the things that could end racism or take the steps i would think that if a, one of your players is getting death threats a pretty good way to and racism hashtag and racism might be to make a statement saying we don't tolerate this might be as a team whose fan base is doing that who holds hockey is for everyone nights to maybe actually hold your fan base accountable and say we love when you come out and hold us down and we don't get down like this so if you're going to be down with us you need to keep that 
oh, far away from from what we do. But they're more worried about the money than they are worried about um, the principle. And I think that ultimately, the same people who say that sports aren't political, sports aren't social, sports aren't this, that, or the other, the ones who made it political. That's all I gotta say. That part. That part, yep. So then stop giving to political campaigns. Anyway, that's our show. Um, <laughs> but seriously, that is our show. Mike Greer, we're always going to hold you down. We wish you success, brother. And listen, don't get it twisted. Holding people down and being uh, welcoming them and celebrating them is not excusing you know, anything that doesn't get done. Like, listen, fam, if you start losing games and like making some kind of crazy, we're going to talk about it. But that doesn't mean just because you are critical or you talk about things that aren't working doesn't mean that you're anti something. And that's another thing that we have to hold space for. Like you can be you can see the value in having more authentic representation. And hockey is hockey. You know, hockey is hockey. So I I, want to see that both ways, though, because when some of y'all foul up, when some of y'all pale faces foul up, you know, like. Y'all got to be told, too. And what I don't want you to do is, like, run and talk about, oh, I'm not a racist. Like, why are people more scared of being called a racist than actual racism? You know what I'm saying? So we're not here for it. We're going to talk about it here on the Founding Four podcast. But, Angelica, final thoughts on this episode, our second official episode under Black Rosie Media of Founding Four Pod. Uh, um, don't be dick. <laughs> That's really it. Don't be a fucking dick. That's all I gotta say. And, uh... <laughs> Keeping our explicit rating all the way up. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see <laughs> I know. I think it's gonna be great. So, I gotta learn a little bit of French. I gotta learn about poutine. And then, what is, like, the Maple Festival where they, like, literally just pour maple syrup on like ice <laughs> like all of the oh, things poutine's amazing. i had some in i had some in toronto does that count or is it different in quebec i i don't know i don't know canada things i'm canada ignorant i'm gonna keep it real <laughs> We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And we have to figure out, we might have to figure out if Founding Four Pod is going to make our way up to Toronto or up to Canada, not just through the PHF, but also we talked about this last time in our For the Culture segment. We have Herb Carnegie going into the hockey hall. That's going to be dope. Dope on dope on dope. So let's get it going. Ooh. Ooh. let's go in in person events in person events we want to see all the sponsors all of the things and give us notice please give us notice so we can spend our coin appropriately thank you very much all right folks that's the end of our show i'm erica Lindsay ayala on behalf of angelica rodriguez and we are two latinas with spicy hockey takes this has been another episode of the Founding Four podcast, part of Black Rosie Media. Be good to yourself and to each other. And 
I almost said hold fast, stay true. That's a, that's a lock on cracking thing. <laughs> but uh, sure, do that as well. Hold fast, stay true to yourself, and we'll catch you next time on the Founding Floor Pod.